Nadita Chakraborty is an Indian-Australian author of two novels, Rosemary's Retribution and Mia's Rising. Her book, Dirty Little Secrets, takes the form of a memoir. And believe it or not, she's here with me today to talk about her journey and her book. As I stumbled over your start there... But um, welcome to 15 Minutes of Fame. <laughs> thank you so much, Noel. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for thinking of me and bringing my story to your audience. Thank you. Yes, look, I tell you, it's a really interesting title you've got for your book, Dirty Little Secrets. What can you tell me and the audience about your book? Uh, certainly. Dirty Little Secrets, first I'll just uh, start with the title there. Yep. A lot of people have asked, just not you. And the reason I had to keep that thing that while I was writing, I was thinking that it was time to hang my dirty laundries out there. So people could just uh, maybe have fun with me, you know, on through the pages where I have been. So it's basically about my life, my journey from... India to Australia and the displacement of a migrant and uh, also the tribulations, the invisibility that we go through as migrants and then go back to India with that same and we become invisible there as well. Okay. So the to and fro of uh, that journey, you're losing your identity somewhere and then you put yourself out there for love, for friendship and, and you things. do you do actually put yourself out there for love in the book as exactly. well because I do know what happens in your book, <laughs> which um, which is a little exciting, I think, I and think so. I, I think and really relevant to a lot of women yes. today, particularly with online dating, which we'll get to later on. But what I, what I really want to ask you is before you came to Australia and you came to beautiful Melbourne, what did you know about Australia? Well, I'll tell you something. This is a good question you've asked. Like with for Australia, going back many years ago before I uh, decided to come here for business and then study later on, I did a project when I was in class six uh, about a country, about a continent. You have to pick a country or a continent. So I picked up Australia because it's a continent in itself and I can write a lot about it. And as you know, we've got mutual understanding of the culture through cricket. So that's all. But I don't like cricket. Sorry to disappoint you everyone. Don't like, that, well, no, that's that's it. Like. You, you know, uh, that's, you're, that's not, it. you're not a true Australian. No, though. I'm not. I love tennis and I love the footy. So <laughs> <laughs> you're back in again. I'm you're back Australian again. again. <laughs> so, but you know, things have happened to me in a very accidental way. So even my career as my writer. And uh, that's a pun that you can use for me, an accidental writer. So things gradually, you know, they call me as a karma's child. So things were basically the universe made those things for me. So are you, are you a, you're a believer in fate then? Are I you, do. Are you saying you were fated to come to Melbourne? Is I that, think is that so. what you're saying? I think so. And uh, that's what unfolded in the many years later when I was in Melbourne. So I just came here to Melbourne on a business trip and I loved the people and I had no idea what I was getting into because um, it was very different. It was a you know, to look at, to visit a place as a tourist and to live in a place 
is two different things mm-hmm. because you find when you come as a tourist you're in love with the place you know it's so beautiful and you're not living off your parents money yes 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 <laughs> but when you come to, as to live here things hit you you know you start earning <laughs> and do you know what i'm thinking as you're saying that because your book's called dirty little secrets mm-hmm. i've got to ask you what did you think of the australian men oh that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> i think they're romantic <laughs> romantic some of them not all of them <laughs> okay all right did you hear that guys did you hear that you're romantic yeah well you know romance can come in many different shapes uh but i think um because of the culture the south asian culture i'm not saying i'm not being rude to anyone um but it's what i had undergone that was my personal experience and to be loved by a australian man it was beautiful mm-hmm. so i think uh, some way i got more romantic romance like i was romancing the man that i wanted to meet mm-hmm. and uh, i think i met him here and you did meet him here and is yeah. he in the book uh he is in the book he is in the book <laughs> is he under another name in the book yes he's under another name okay, in the book right. yes and uh, but that's how it is like you uh but it was unfaithful because he was already in love sorry spoiler alert <laughs> okay all right um now something that did happen to you when you first first arrived in melbourne i don't know if it was first when you first arrived in melbourne but you had a serious accident that's that's correct, correct. and you and you fell off a rock climbing is that is that the case that is the case as well so it happened like i came in australia in 99 then i went back and came back in 2000 so the book basically is between the period 2009 to 2012 and on forward till 16 so the accident happened in 2011 so i went with a group of friends for a rock climbing um, expedition as you call it and uh, with people who are amazingly talented people who can climb the uh, mountain without any you know any uh, accidents yeah yeah yes. and uh, it was in mount cathedral so i fell 40 meters and i uh, broke my skull and i've got an acquired brain injury and that has resulted in many years of therapy and i found out in 2016 i was diagnosed with uh, cognitive impairment yeah now you started um after the accident how long was it uh when you fell before you started writing because you you started to use writing as therapy is that that's correct that is it? correct so i have to i'll just go do a big i'll just backtrack the story like i was working in a bank when i came here to australia in 2007 2008 so at that time i was not a good cook i was not good into sports not good into gardening or anything so i took up writing as a you know late night classes through rmit and university of melbourne but it was rmit that i chose to go through and i did this creative writing just as a hobby mm-hmm. and i didn't use the technique many years later after the accident when in, you know you go through uh, occupational therapy like what you want to do like i had speech therapy as well and then suddenly it clicked in me because during that time i was feeling a lot you know there were a lot of emotions like people were not they were trying to be very kind and unkind at the mm-hmm. same time so i had mixed emotions and i put all that in writing so i took a piece of poetry to one of my speech therapists and said that 
oh, you're right. Why don't you use this as a therapy? So it all began from there. And you wrote your two books. That's as, right. As therapy. Your first two books. The first two novellas, Because yeah. this is the third book. This is the third book. Mm-hmm. So this was actually uh, when I had an accident before that. Um, I did write my diary. And um, I was storing everything as a diary. So thankfully, that's how it got translated into a book. And look, I've got to say, I, I have read a little bit of the book. Um, and, and I did read the first chapter of it. And I did find um, your writing, it, it's kind of non-linear. Yeah. So it does jump around all over the place. Yeah. But I did find you had an earthiness and an honesty in your writing. And, and, I'm, and in reading it... Um, I did get a sense of who you were as a person. Um, and I think that's the sign of a really good writer. Ooh. Oh, thank so, you so, so much for com- coming from you. you thank there. you so much. One of the things that does come out in your book, which I'm assuming is why it's called Dirty Little Secrets, is that you were scammed mm-hmm. online. Yeah, big time. Not the only woman that no. this has ever happened to, no. of course, but you were scammed as you said, big time. What does that mean? I was scammed big time. Before answering that question, I would say that it can happen to not only just women, it can happen to men as well and the elderly too. And whether it's men, women or anyone anywhere in the world. So what happened to me, like um, when you fall in love, you fall in love as whole, you know, you're not thinking about it. And then there's a lot of pressures culturally, peer pressures, and then loneliness try to come in, you know, and you make some decisions, which later on you're not proud of. And then you go and search for love online. And during that period, the period that I was talking about, 2009, 2010, um, msn.com was there. Facebook was just coming up. Um, We didn't have Tinder or so forth, but we did have a lot of other sites. And I've watched in um, India and the Australian culture, a lot of people spend a lot of time online mm. to find love, you know, as well as a counterpart American. And if I if I'm, if I'm remember correctly, because we're jumping back a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you were typing and talking to people, weren't you? Yes, It yes. was typing. It wasn't yes. like Tinder where you're looking at no, them and sliding. No. You didn't really know what they looked like. No. So you were typing. So you were getting um, getting a sense of them. Yes. Um, as we would get a sense from somebody, as I mentioned to you earlier before we started yes. the interview, yes. on Facebook, yes. you know, so you're getting a sense of this person and they start to feel real to you. Is that is that how it happened? That's exactly like, you know, um, let's say, for example, if someone contacts me from Facebook and we're talking and chatting on Facebook and we decide to meet, we put a lot of trust in that, right? And exactly during that time, we were talking, chatting, and because it was a matrimonial site, you know, people were actually coming to get not just hooked, but actually to settle. Mm-hmm. So when a person on the other side becomes too personal, too quick, you think, okay, this is genuine. This is going to be genuine. And we started talking and uh, shared a lot of photographs, letters. So are we talking? Are we talking photos of of you? Intimate, na- intimate. So intimate. I can say naked photographs. You can do I say can that. I can say naked. All right. <laughs> okay. So this this person over the course of how long would that be? Uh well, the actual relation, like well. 
that was relationship, that's what I thought, went on for six months. Okay. But things that happened, it happened too quickly within three months. Oh, sorry, three weeks rather. Mm-hmm. So three months into the relationship in three weeks. It just quickly took a turn of events. Okay. And then because he introduced me to his sister, everyone, and his traveling, his this, his that. But did you meet? You didn't meet them though, did you? No, online. No, but so we it's did all online. All the introductions are online. And he now has a series of intimate photos. Photos, if you can call them if intimate. If we can say intimate photos. Or we can say naked photos if of you. you. Yes, okay. yes. All right. So by this time, um, somewhere in the back of my mind, I, you know, things were not settling well with me. As soon as he demanded, um, like he vanished, not demanded, that'll come to later. He just vanished from thin air and his sister, because I was speaking to his so-called sister as well. And he said, oh my God, I haven't heard from him. What's going on? What's happening? So suddenly at the middle of the night, one o'clock in the morning or two o'clock, I don't remember correctly. I think it was one o'clock. I, I just hear a frantically crying, sobbing man saying to me, I've been robbed at gunpoint and uh, everything has been robbed. Can you please send me 200 euros? So at that point of time, you still give the benefit of the doubt, right? And you say, hmm, it can be. But then things didn't sit well when you made another call a couple of like two nights there were not there was no calls I was constantly in touch with his sister and then two nights later I just hung up from speaking to his sister and then I called back something didn't sit well with me so I called back and he picked up the phone is that you Sam he said, who's that? He just hung up. And then I called his sister again and she picked up. And she was in that sobbing thing. I said, no, 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 this is not right. So I s- spoke to him very strongly. And um, and then suddenly... I hope that's not him on the phone. No. <laughs> he's listening to us interviewing and he's sending us a message. <laughs> that would be funny. But um, not funny, actually. I would rather he calls and I can hand him to federal police. So this happened. And then um, I tried to accuse him of anything. And then for one week, everything went silent. And then I got a very chilling letter from him. Mm-hmm. That uh, which made me shook to the core. I was at home for a week, didn't go out. And you took, and you took, um, you, you went to the police with this, didn't you? Yes, I did. You did. I did. So obviously, obviously, there's much more to the story, which is in, which is in your book. A question I, I do: we talk started talking earlier about fate. Where does he sit? Where does the scammer sit with you when it comes to fate? Why do you think uh, he he came into your life? Um, this is interesting because. Um, Lalita, my agent, and me, we often talk about this. And we said to each other that we are thoroughly karma's child. And the reason is because if he hadn't had come to my life and shook me to the core, I wouldn't have gone to India back again to find myself, to be with my roots, to find my identity, where I belong, right? And also a little bit of... um, understanding of what love is all about mm-hmm. you know um love is just not what you're gonna screen off you know even in reality a lot of people um go through the same motions in a very different way mm-hmm. so i think i was it was bound to happen to me to basically throw me to the other side of the world 
and I came back and then the accident happened. Okay. And I came back and I met Franklin and just before the accident, he said that I'll rise above, you know, I'll rise above all the ashes to begin my new life. And he went back, he went away for a short while, but I had engraved the tattoo of Phoenix onto my arms. And you wouldn't believe just after a week or so I had the accident. So I thoroughly believe that I've been granted a new life, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And if you, you can see whatever may you want to see it, whether philosophically or whatever, but I think it was bound to happen. All right. Well, I think we've we've covered a lot of a lot of your book now. Um, one question I actually am going to ask you, which I'm going to get from my phone here, and I want you to think about Melbourne as a person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not a because this is written as if it's, it's written as if it's about a person, but I want Melbourne to be your person. But I want you to think about your journey here in Melbourne and how this fits for you in Melbourne. They often say that people cross your path for a season, a reason, or a lifetime. Like fate of an accidental writer, some things are meant to be. Why was Melbourne meant to be for you? Melbourne has, that's such a beautiful thing, and it's such a beautiful question, to be honest. And I hope I do justice to that beautiful question, sorry. I think Melbourne has made me grow up, you know. And I think each day as Melbourne is growing up, I'm also growing up with Melbourne, trying to love the people around and trying to, as I said, that this country was meant to be mean, you know, to meant to be mine. And this is where I found my identity as well. So I think uh, writing that book was writing a love letter to Melbourne and saying thank you for the appreciation Thank you for the love. Thank you for all the experiences that you've showered me because... That's experiences, good and bad, you know. Yeah, good and bad. And whatever good, it only made me strong and the woman that I am today. So that's the reason I think um, it has holed me into a lot of... Uh, whenever I it, When I was going through a very tough time, I always said that, Um, if I hit the rock bottom, that's only going up from here. And I think Melbourne just took my hands and said, you're going to be okay because I'm here. And that's... And I think that's a really... um, Because I'm not originally from Melbourne either. Mm. And I think that's a really good description of Melbourne. I think she's a tough lady, Melbourne. And uh, and she's a lady, but she's a tough lady. And, um, and you do have to work a little hard, particularly when you move to a new place, be it a new city or a new country. That is true. And the red earth has really taken the brown in me, you know, and that's what I think it is. Thank you so much. Your book is called, what's the title of it? Just tell me. Dirty Little Secrets. <laughs> Dirty Little Secrets. And people can get it from where? Uh, you can... Order online, uh, Amazon, uh, Booktopia, and Goodreads, also on readings as well. Physically, you can order from there too. And uh, or just write me a note or Clever Fox Publishing, they have it online there as well. Thank you, Nadita. This has been your 15 minutes of fame. Thank you so much.